Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Over the Cup podcast, a Formula One podcast for fans old and new by Formula One fans old and new. Today, we are talking about British GP. This is a race preview, and I'm joined by a very good friend who I wanted to be on this podcast for a very long time. Sid. Hello. What is up, Sid? Long Hello. time no see. Yeah, lots of work, lots of things happening in the Indian automotive market. So, yes, Sid is a Sid is a professional driver. <laughs> professional driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Protest editor, driver, same thing. Yeah. He gets to drive fancy cars before they are launched. Not just fancy cars, all cars, almost all cars. All cars are fancy cars, unless you're talking about yeah. Alto. <laughs> okay. So, before we get into British GP, there are a lot of things happening in the whole, this exciting world of Formula One. And mm-hmm. we will start from least controversial to most controversial. Okay. So, F1 is going to South Africa. Yay! Yay. So, what, 20... We expect a calendar of 24 races next year? I don't know. I don't know. I've heard that Spa might not be there on calendar next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're getting Vegas and Miami and not Spa, is it it worth it? No, (laughs) I don't think so. Spa is one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. But as with... As has been proven a lot of times in F1 recently. Cash is king. Yeah. So what we get is some really... I mean, I'm excited about some of the tracks. Say I am excited about what happens in Vegas. I'm not very sure. It'll be like a very high-speed run with dramatic breaking points and all. It... It looks to me like a like the proposed track layout looks to me like a hybrid child of Baku and I want to have another street track which is which has dramatic braking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to so I would say it's Baku and Singapore maybe because okay. it's not Monaco. It's not Monaco. Monaco. It's not Monaco. I mean, they can... track. there's no, except for maybe one overpass or something like that. Or yeah. Under, yeah. Except for that, there's nothing. Just a flat track. Yeah. So I, it's, this is what my problem is. When they are proposing these new tracks, like even in Miami, hmm. that track is okay. I mean, hmm. and with all the hype that was created around Miami, it was a pretty boring race. It was a pretty, <laughs> let's face it, nothing happened yeah. in, until lap 30 when Norris and Gasly had a crash. Yeah, and Schumacher crashed into... Vettel. Oh Vettel. my God. <laughs> until yeah, then, I was... It was, it, was a, it was a train. It was trains everywhere, which we expected that wouldn't happen this year. But Yeah. So yeah, street circuits not... So thankfully, I mean... It's sad to see Spa go. Hopefully it does not, but even if it does, there, uh, and if South Africa is included, then from the hours of footage that I've seen, I've seen like GT racing footage for in preparation for this. Oh, <laughs> so so more preparation than I did. More <laughs> preparation than what I did. So yeah, I've not seen, I think there hasn't been a race there since the 80s. No, since the 90s. 90s, I think. yeah. For F1, no, but uh, international racing last one was in 2019. 
so that's the latest uh, video that i was watching and the track is like the old school tracks which were made around natural mm. um, obstacles see they just there's a mountain there's a mountain and you're just using the valleys and the troughs and whatever there is to create a oh. track so this so, is like like spa not as dramatic as spa but yeah at least like it's not a flat pseudo pseudo spa <laughs> yeah but like not a i i don't have a problem with south africa and from everybody who has seen any kind of racing in south africa they, everybody has said that that is an amazing track hmm. i so we've had this conversation on this podcast many times and we think that if f1 wants to increase number of races they should have 15 tracks that are like fixed and then mm-hmm. rotate the next 10 tracks every year so these 15 tracks would be your monaco's and silverstone and monza which are like legacy tracks so history tradition this that and i'm not a on this podcast we're not the biggest monaco fans none mm-hmm. of us like monaco mm-hmm. i understand yeah, tracks like spa going and tracks like monaco staying mm. yeah and tracks like vegas getting added and even miami like yeah, yeah so south africa uh, from what i could see gt racing uh, most of the gt cars except for say maybe the bmw and the bentleys they are about 1.9 meters and our f1 cars are 2 meters two wide meters wide so in spite of the width it looks like there will be opportunities to overtake <gasps> <laughs> yeah there will a lot of like a lot of overtaking in gt but that is gt3 class like gt class is always like that. they have um they are not as dependent or dependent on drs for overtaking mm. have that power thoda sa power difference they have the um handicap for the be- like the faster cars all that stuff is there which f1 doesn't have so but at least it won't be like they'll be following each other because there's no space they'll be following yeah. each other because that's how f1 <laughs> still is unfortunately uh, yeah. but at least it looks exciting so Mm, yeah yes. looking forward to it looking hopefully it's there. To it. it will be like finally it will be a world championship because now there is f1 racing on all the continents all continents yeah yeah is the ones that are do you ever think they are going to come back to india oh no i, I don't think they are coming back to bi at least it needs a lot of renovation and better management to be back yeah i am watching older seasons and today i watched 2013 indian gp uh-huh vettel won the championship in 2013 yeah vettel did donuts because he became the world champion in india yeah, yeah yeah i remember that one i was on the grand grandstand at that time yeah i was going to ask you was that the one that you saw in india yeah, yeah. like, like no, i went oh. for all three but that time i was like i was almost in front of him i was like he was maybe <gasps> did you manage to catch the glove no. that he threw he oh damn another part I of it what it from vettel is <laughs> I I don't know if I was following Formula One at that time. I don't know if I would have been the biggest Vettel fan because he is. <laughs> yeah, all all champions become uh, like all, in, at least the recent ones. I think apart from Schumacher, nobody has been um, universally loved. Schumacher and maybe Kimi. Oh, Kimi is not universally loved. There are some Reddit threads 
that <laughs> say otherwise i still i don't think universally loved is a concept i think even shumi shumi hmm. was not uh, universally loved until he retired i think none of these champions will be universally loved until they retire as long as they are on the huh. there are going to be people who don't like them I but vettel was an asshole like red bull vettel was an asshole <laughs> pretty much like max is and i mean hey something about these red bull champions are huh? <laughs> speaking of red bull <laughs> yuri vips <laughs> oh yeah nice segue Nice. Segue. Yeah, mm. I know. Very proud of myself. But <laughs> Yuri Phipps was suspended for using and an N-word on a Twitch stream, yeah. and apparently it was also like he didn't want to wear a pink sure. pink cap. Oh. He made some sort of a homophobic comment or something like that. But anyways, like. uh the n word thing it's apparently is now been terminated yeah from the red bull from i so the statement that red bull released was that he's he's, he's been terminated from um uh, okay, hold on let me check because what they implied was that he has been terminated as the um uh, Yeah, so his a uh, test and reserve driver. So I was under the impression that okay, he's not going to work for Red Bull in Formula One. Test and reserve driver. Hmm. I was under the impression that he still has his F two C. But I went to Red Bull Junior, uh, like the website Red Bull Junior Drivers, and his name has been removed from that website. Correct. And I mean, while I'm very happy, if you remember, there were few choiciest words that Max Verstappen used. against a certain canadian which mm. were also which had uh, racist mm. uh, connotations mm. i researched a lot about it so i am i i think given what we saw last year and how max has been at least in his formative or initial years in formula 1 mm. i would say good steps by red bull but it was almost like it's either whips or max having to publicly uh criticizes future father in law so <laughs> either or <laughs> oh man race uh, and uh. yeah because red bull has not put out any statement uh, uh against uh, what nelson pk said and again it's misleading if i had not like until i went on the website of the junior drivers i hmm. i was under the impression that he would not be testing and he would not be a reserve driver for red bull he still hmm. gets to compete in formula 2 and i i guess we'll find out we have a formula 2 race this weekend like yeah actually abi has said nothing about nelson pk yeah so Weird. they they don't condone racism of any form until it's the father in law of the chosen star like <laughs> it's <laughs> no but still like after i'm pretty sure there are stories about lewis that we do not know like horrible stories of course of And course there must be still people why does it have to be about whatever nonsense about race and i do not understand that attitude there's like in this day and age after so many fucking years he does not deserve be yeah. angry be angry that he is beating your favorite drivers be angry that he is being untouchable for such a long time in terms of racing but please do not i do not understand why you have to bring in the race card race card yeah uh, 
you've not i can at least name four people from our little group that we eventually decided to exclude because they were like just not good decent people yeah i have not like i don't maybe i'm not that brave that i'll tell them that no no i'm not I saying don't. you have to confront them i'm just saying that you but yeah i don't you interact with them there are lots of people like that there are lots like, of people right like i have now started unfollowing people on my instagram who have such views say i i'll i'll just say this i i can understand old people they are dinosaurs they're not going to change it's it does not excuse them from the language they use or the behavior they exhibit but it's it's hard to change them when they've been on this earth for 50 60 years and they've been conditioned a certain way mm-hmm. i don't think there is an excuse for young people who the supposed woke generation uh um, these drivers some may be struggling with uh like not not all of them are well to do but they have they interact a lot more than the rest of us many of us right yeah. so they, they cannot say that they can't be ignorant i see absolutely nothing that every wibs can say that makes this better See? but i also don't support the people who are saying ki it is just a small mistake and he should be punished for it no you are you have reached a stage where nothing you do is a small mistake everything has consequences and the consequences are much higher for you guys yeah so. i mean it's when you have a following when you have when you are looked up as a role model by so many people and there are people who follow you who follow your work and support you you can't be this irresponsible with things that you say in in the public eye so yeah uh, kudos to deadpool for taking this action but i mean like it's good so what do you think of the of the technical directive um seemed a bit rushed to me i think no i think if i if i should have thought about this earlier like the from the moment that we started seeing some teams struggling uh, with yeah struggling with it and some and it was clear to see that a lot of drivers were like it would affect the driver we didn't have to wait till back yeah yeah but I, see it's also very track dependent like it was i think if people in FIA or like even the teams and the drivers did not see it coming in baku is is a little like i don't buy it like i knew that proposing is going to be a big issue in baku because because of the long straights and hmm. the thing is it's yeah, very track dependent it's very track dependent because if you remember in spain spain it vanished hmm. it just vanished for every team like there was because they tested them no so they had the data to help them out yeah sure but like like no team had proposing there at least wasn't as extreme but i don't think like ferrari and mercedes are the teams that have suffered the most because of proposing and that mercedes was flying <laughs> like both the mercedes uh, but that's what no it shows that uh, like it seems like in, at least in the terms of in 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 the case of the mercs it seems like they were ready to um, sacrifice more in terms yeah. of drivers health yeah yeah that was a big move because ferrari <clears throat> like the ferrari car is it's not like it doesn't have any purpose in right you yeah. see it like most of the race you see the ferraris also purpose but they have found that level where 
performance and, and at the same time they're not punishing the drivers as much which the mock they had to push for performance i and they had to get the car I don't I don't agree like I think Carlos Sainz was one of the mm. first people who spoke about the effects of poisoning on on the driver like I I think mm, the reason people are not talking about uh how affected affected Ferrari was is because they they have the performance despite the poisoning mm. like it's only because of that it, in in my view both the teams mm-hmm. did not compromise uh, on their performance and they were like our drivers will suffer but we are not going to compromise on our performance i think both the teams and the reason we don't we're not talking about it is because it's not mercedes it's not <laughs> it's not lewis mm-hmm. but i i think in in terms of the directive i i think what they've done is decent enough where they've said that uh you have to show in fp1 and fp2 that your car can uh, with with your setup that you can uh, you know um, what do i say that uh, the car is not going to cross the threshold that they are going to set like i i don't think they had set it in canada but i think in from from silverstone onwards that will be set so if the cars um, cannot show that they can meet those standards they have to raise the ride height and even if after raising the ride height if the car does not meet the the thresholds whatever it is that they decide whatever metric or parameters that they decide uh, uh, they will be disqualified like they will not be allowed to race mm-hmm. this is what i understood from the technical directive and i i think it that's as fair as they can make it yeah yeah that's true what really confuses me is one that how uh, like red bull seems to have like agent new was a has been in the sport for such a long time that red bull designed a car that is not purposeful right but they seem to have a handle on their things i think from pre-season the other teams do which is because there are different design philosophies yeah still but see purposeful is not helping right so it is a phenomenon that happened the last time we had uh, cars which with ground effects which, huh, yeah so 70s and 80s i think it was late 70s early 80s we have had cars from that time and mm. there are other series which also uh, in say uh, endurance racing also where they have suffered from purposing so it's not a new phenomenon mm. <laughs> it is after all purposing is not helping like even though ferrari might be able to uh, be as quick and everywhere and especially be quick on the straight line also even with purposing it is not a good thing for yeah. so the fact that some teams were not able to handle this and we have reached a point where the FIA has had to step in looks very weird to me like i expected them to get over this problem a long time back um but yeah it's a good thing i see it as a positive and uh, even if it takes away a bit of performance from some teams it's a fair thing like you shouldn't um, injuries in sport is a uh, thing that many in different sports people have the athletes have not received have not aware uh, many a times like say with bobsledding and all that where mm. they did not know that as they were going down these bumpy tracks on ice their head uh, the mini 
um, concussions that they were getting were actually harming them. Yeah. But there's a clear case where in say for our, for us in F1 where there's a clear <laughs> proof that this is going to hurt the drivers. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing that the FIA stepped. And I don't think anybody, any team has the right to uh, complain now. Yeah, I think this is as fair as they could have been. It's yes. very clear. Like if you can show that your car is not going to purpose beyond a certain limit, hmm. you are allowed to race. And I think it's as fair. A short, uh, it's going to. Um, there are chances that it is going to affect Mercedes and Ferrari more than it affects the other teams. Hmm. But it, it's the consequences of sticking to the design philosophy that you chose. So yeah. uh, I I think this is as fair as they could have made it. And I'm just happy FIA is finally doing things that they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like stepping Definitely. in and uh, taking charge of the things that they should actually take charge of. So it's a good step. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't think it necessarily takes away from teams that already have the advantage of not purposing and take anything away from them because they they're anyway not suffering from yeah but again i also think that it's uh, like the if the issue and the effect in itself is very track dependent so we we don't know how it hurts the other teams in future because from pre season testing what i remember is mclaren is the only team that did not have purposing like they did not have purposing at all mm. yeah but uh... Silverstone will be another will be a track where almost all the teams will bring in major changes. Major updates, yeah. except McLaren and Haas, I think. Haas is yeah, I don't see any reports of them bringing updates. Yeah. No, Haas has said that we McLaren, are not going. McLaren Mc, won't. Yeah, McLaren has also said that they are now going to uh, focus on understanding their car and making it better, there are not going to be any major upgrades that they will be bringing. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's that's really all I have to say. Now, let's come to another... I would not call this controversial. I would just call it stupid. Like the F1 2022 driver ratings. <laughs> Man, I'm just going to share my screen so that we can see the, the ratings. But yeah. So yeah. this is what they've considered, like experience, racecraft, awareness, and pace. Mm. And these are the ratings. So let's let's start with experience, okay? Experience, I think, fair. Like Fernando has the highest, so has the lowest. Mm. I, I still think that they've ranked Magnuson a little low in experience. Yeah. Yeah. He he sure he had a one year break, uh, but he's been racing since mid 2010s. I would say. Yeah. So. Yeah, this there's some discrepancy still. Like I don't think George Russell has any less experience than Lance Stroll, for example. I mean, if we are not a very Canadian driver friendly podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what to say. But even Gasly, Gasly has more experience than Stroll. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Gasly, no, I think Gasly and Stroll both started in 2017, right? 
then is it just that ki how many years they have been racing uh, what it... else would the experience be like based on the number of restarts a driver has have over the course of their careers so uh, i don't think how many starts lance stroll lance stroll race starts hmm. 109 and gasly i don't know if i should trust wikipedia 95 starts okay wow wow i guess it's justified then <laughs> okay and uh, i don't know but short sure. when did gasly start did gasly start in 2018 2018 dani rick was still in red bull so 2017 and, he started and 2017 was when lance stroll also started mm-hmm. in williams i think he wow. got a podium in baku Dang. and williams didn't he start with uh... started with williams ha ah, started with williams correct correct yeah courtesy of papa stroll but yeah anyways <laughs> it's okay like they have with these young drivers i think with with ocon sure, ocon did have a one year break in his career in mm-hmm. 2020 i would say right yeah, yeah. but sure okay that's if fine. you that's okay if right? you see so okay this is this is what it is but let's come to race craft in what universe mm-hmm. does lance stroll mm-hmm. have a better race craft than mm-hmm. fernando alonso mm-hmm. i will not understand then then daniel ricardo sebastian vettel valtteri bottas kevin magnussen like I'll I'll discount these other four because they are fairly young drivers. I I would still say Zhou and Yuki have a better racecraft than Stroll. But okay, I am going to disregard. But you are saying that between these four five drivers, there are what some hundreds of race wins and six championships, and Lance Stroll is better than all of them. <laughs> The guy who has not won. any race has he won any race in formula 1 yes. i don't think so he had i think two or three podiums podiums i don't think anything yeah baku i remember baku three podiums but no wins yeah 2017 baku uh, then i think he has a podium in turkey in 2020 and then sakir 2020 when his teammate won in equal machinery from last yeah and still sergio perez has the same race craft as last row in what universe <laughs> in what universe what is their uh, thing for uh, race craft what have they said how is it uh, drivers ability to work their way through the pack and finish in a higher position than when they started no man <laughs> I know. Like, I can. I remember Fernando Alonso. I think in Baku had a puncture, took the car to the pits, and then was able to make up places. Sergio yeah. Perez has done that multiple times. Sebastian Vettel won a championship like that. Spun in Brazil in the first lap, ended up sixth, I think, fifth or sixth, and yeah, Fernando so- Alonso was second and still won the championship. Uh, this is a. Uh... This is EA or uh... Codemasters, I think. Ah, Codemasters. Ah, Codemasters is owned by EA, no? I yeah, think. I think. So. Yeah, EA Sports. Yeah. Yeah. So how? I mean, <laughs> what I've seen till now, I can clearly uh, be happy by ignoring it. Uh, this affects um, 
how this does affect your career more no in the 2022 race yeah i think so but i, I mean still like uh, i mean if people play as lance stroll sure they might they might Good have for them <laughs> but yeah um okay let's look at the top uh, i yeah. would <laughs> no <laughs> I think, I, I think George Russell has had to make up more places than Lando and Charles. I would say, mm-hmm. like being three years in a Williams, sure he's not been able to do much. But if anybody has been able to do better than a lot of people, I would say it's George Russell. But okay, sure, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, but no, this guy shouldn't have been there. Yeah, at least I mean, like stroll, I Lance stroll, I can't justify it. Everything else is okay. There is going to be some subjectivity. Let's come to awareness. And what is their criteria? What do they say? Awareness is le- less time spent in the steward's room will help drivers here. Real world punishments will impact the scores in this category. Um... Okay, sure. Pretty clean drivers up top. <laughs> Kevin Magnuson, of course. Like. Again, Alonso doesn't spend a lot of time in the. Yeah, but Alonso gets away with a lot of things. <laughs> and what has a... Albon done? Why is he I don't know. To... I don't know what he has done. Like, <laughs> I have no clue. Like he, he did not race in twenty twenty one. Other than that, I think even when he was in Red Bull and Toro Rosso, I think he had pretty clean seasons. I've not watched all the races yet, so. I'm not sure. Like, I would say maybe take um, penalty points that the current. Uh, By that logic, Max should be last. He has one of the highest points. I think seven points right now. Yeah, that they're going to stay till September. I think. Max has. Uh, seven or eight penalty points. Max has seven. Correct. Perez has seven. Stroll has eight. Yuki has eight. Yuki has eight. Stroll. Stroll. Okay. Still like. I mean, what I think, uh, Lance uh, Lawrence Stroll paid for this rating also. Okay, so I'm, I'm like, if if somebody says awareness, mm-hmm. awareness like from... Lance Stroll should not get any points. Like, did you not see the Australia crash? <laughs> Australia crash with her, and um, he was also weaving awesome. on the track during the during the race. And... What was the crash? Australia. Australia okay. qualifying, yeah. Uh, right before I think turn hey. that DR straight turn uh, between third and fourth. Like it would, for me, awareness would be very closely related to racecraft because uh, yeah, um, awareness for me is how aware you are of who is around you while racing, while qualifying. Um, how aware you are of the situation, taking your own decisions, like all the times. When uh, Vettel would uh, give his team instructions on what to do in terms of strategy and all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ferrari treat, yeah. Ferrari, yeah. Ferrari driver treat. Anyways, let's let's come to pace now. Pace, okay, Max highest. I understand. Charles, yeah. yeah. okay, Lewis, George, Lando. Okay, <laughs> not this year because that McLaren overall is shit. But he has still done better than Danny Rick, so I get it. Uh, okay, is Perez that far away in terms of? I, I mean, if you look at the last season in Red Bull, he was, but certainly not as far off as Bottas was last year. So, 
I don't think this is justified. Like, <laughs> at least Perez was third. Like, Bottas would be somewhere, I don't know where. Like, so, what is the criteria? What have you said? For okay. pace is benefits those who get closest to the fastest qualifying and race lap times. A driver beating their teammate is also taken into consideration. So, hmm. again, I don't see why. <clears throat> so, they are taking into consideration this year also? They've because, not specified the years. Because I don't see why George Russell is so high. He's just become faster now. Yeah, but I mean, even in the Williams, he was consistently beating Nicholas Latifi. Except for a couple of races last year when Latifi was actually outperforming George. I think especially after George got his Mercedes contract, he was like, Are, fuck it. I've, I've done enough for Williams. <laughs> so, Still, like... Um... I want to know like the duration that they consider. And I mean, yeah. if, if they've given Fernando Alonso 98 in experience, I'm assuming that they're they are they are going to assume the entire career. Wow. No. Yeah, that's what so if they're considering that taking all that into consideration. Then I, I then yeah. I even think Ricardo this far down is not justified. Like he beat uh, Max, two out of three seasons that he was yeah. racing. He can't, he can't be slower than Sonoda, do. Yeah, like he beat John Eric Vern in one season. Yeah. He also beat Sebastian Vettel in 2014. He, he was beat, as fast as Verstappen. He beat Hulkenberg and Esteban Ocon in Renault. Yeah. The only time he's not beaten a teammate till now is Lando Norris. That's because that, I mean, it's just, it's sad to see Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm almost at the end of 2013 season. So I get to see Daniel Ricardo in Red Bull now. Yeah. 2014 onwards. So I'm excited. <laughs> okay. So yeah, from all the ratings that I see, some of it seems very arbitrary and I really want to know how they, Yes. <laughs> like there is maths involved. There is maths involved. I'm like, and then overall rating, I don't know. Have they arrived? Is it weighted average? Because if Lando has 64 in experience, 94, 82, and 90, no way is the average going to be 90. So there is a weighted average. Yeah. There has to be a weighted average. I don't know what the weights are. And but have you seen the um, any gameplay of the new game? 20, 2022 game? Yeah. No, I haven't. So I just... I usually watch only Arava. Arava Racing Karke. He's a UK-based. He's part of that quadrant group also. Okay. Group. So I started following his uh, career mode. Hmm. There are some interesting... Like uh, uh, some interesting additions, and he's saying the handling is different. So I want to try it out. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, the next time I buy a uh, F1 game would be when I have the wheel because there is no point buying a game worth 2K, 3K, and just play with the controller. Anyways, let's so, let's okay, talk so about the newer generation people. Hmm. Who's your favorite? Pierre Gasly. 
mm-hmm. and George Russell, even Charles. Like I, the, I, there are just drivers I don't like. Everybody else, I don't have a problem with them. Like, go do your thing. <laughs> They're just people that I don't like, and it's it's not even about uh, just their racing. It's more about yeah things they do or say or all mm. right let's come to so what are we looking forward to in in silverstone yeah. who is who it's the it's going to be redemption for somebody is it going to be max is it going to be lewis or is it going to be charles that is the question i want leclerc's string of bad luck to end yeah same but the but problem have, is i have this feeling that red bull is bringing in like a another massive upgrade so yeah it's it's going to be like the, like the 2011 or 2013 season when red bull has won so many races that, like nobody yeah. can yeah it's going to be one of those seasons so yeah and i want uh, uh who is now fourth mclaren is fourth no Uh, yeah, McLaren is fourth, no? McLaren is fourth. So, but they are not bringing any updates. So we'll have another shuffle, I think, midfield. I really want uh, Renault to do something like maybe make Mercedes feel a bit of heat. That'd be fun. Mercedes is hundred and eighty-eight points. Alpine is fifty-seven. It's it's going to be a little while for What? Alpine to make. Make anything, any. There are two clear, like Ferrari and Red Bull in their own bubble, right? And for with Ferrari, I would say that they fuck up so much. <laughs> like Mercedes is only forty points behind Ferrari in the constructors, as of right now. So I don't know. Mm. Oh, oh wow! And. Charles is now third. Like, imagine going from leading the championship by thirty points to now being third. Do you think Just, Red Bull Red Bull would allow, like, from whatever circumstances, through whatever circumstances, if Sergio had a better chance of winning? No, they won't let it happen. They they won't let that chance happen. Like, um, I know Red Bull. There was a lot of this. Um, Uh, backlash, can you say, for like the team orders in Spain? And I know Max was on fresher tires; he was faster and everything. He also did not have a functioning DRS, so who knows? Like he was struggling to pass that Mercedes as well with George Russell. I mean, can you imagine a season where Spanish GP was good, like <laughs> <laughs> where it was interesting? So. uh i think that there are not going to be explicit team orders i think sergio perez will be screwed up in strategy like the strategy calls would be such that max will always be on the winning strategy even though he's just what 636 points behind max oh. he's i mean of course like you know if you look at from the team's perspective there's no point splitting points between the two drivers 
yeah, I I think Max is winning winning another championship, and I'm happy I want him to win one without any controversy. So. <laughs> what else will be talking points at? What else are the talking points for uh, Britain? Okay, high tech GP the Yuri Vips team in F two. Has said Yuri Vips to complete his F two season with high tech, providing him with the opportunity to redeem himself. What's happening in F two? Uh, he's seventh. Yeah. So F two has released a statement saying, following the recent incident involving Yuri Vips, F two would like to reaffirm that the use of racist or discriminatory discriminatory language cannot be tolerated in any environment. High tech. Grand Prix's decision today is surprising and not one we would have taken. We will monitor the situation carefully with them to ensure that such behavior is properly addressed. F two is basically not going to stop him from racing. Yeah, basically that. Mm, nope, I don't get it. He's seventh. He has a chance of. Is he in the top three? Could he be in the top three? That's why High Tech is doing this. Okay, <clears throat> high tech is fourth. So, like, if he retires, the points still remain, right? I don't understand why he's not being let off. No, this is not. Uh, no, doesn't make sense and very disappointing. Really disappointing. So apart from that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, British, British GP. Yeah. So. I hope Danny Rick has a good race. I, uh, what do you think about Daniel? Like, I mean, Zach Brown has, uh, since his criticisms, come out and said that Danny Rick will stay with McLaren for twenty twenty three. But, I mean, beyond that, I don't, I don't see much happening for Daniel. Like, where is he going to go if he decides to leave McLaren, or if McLaren decides to not renew a contract? Where does he have left to go? <laughs> Can't go back to Renault. Uh, can't go back to Red Bull. Can't go back. Obviously not. He won't go back to Red Bull. He would much rather retire. I don't think Red Bull will take him back. Also. Yeah. Sorry. Why? If Red Bull had the option to either get uh, Sebastian Vettel back or Daniel Ricciardo back, who would you think they go, they would go for? With Max being the other other driver. Mm, Danny, I know same. <laughs> <laughs> Because come on, let's face it. Vettel is. Vettel is going to. Vettel won't play the team game. Ala. I don't think he'll be very good 20, at it. Twenty twenty one. You know he won't be very good at it anyway. Like he won't bring that performance that's needed that Red Bull wants from both its drivers. Vettel doesn't have it anymore. <gasps> What? <laughs> no. no, I don't see that. I don't see it in his race, racing. Like Aston Martin, I think that break. Uh, he did recover nicely, but still, that first instance of him locking up and. Uh, but that donut was amazing. Almost, we can all look. We have almost crashed with the barrier. <laughs> I mean, we 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 saw a lot of people make that mistake. I mean, I think at one point during the weekend, even Fernando Alonso made that mistake. So no, yes, they did, but um, 
atmosphere like it almost felt like it made made him dumb for some weird reason it seemed like that after his watching him in, in ferrari i mean i haven't watched it yet so i can't make any comments <laughs> so i i i know a lot of people prefer the red bull vettel than the ferrari vettel but yeah i personally think we've had enough assholes in formula 1 i'm glad sebastian vettel is no more a part of that <laughs> that group of people we now have max lando fernando so mm. yeah who else so do you think mick yeah. schumacher will get his first points in silverstone oh. ooh but has not bringing any upgrades no yeah but like i mean still even albon is albon even is canada they they qualified q3 Yeah, both the cars. Why am I get like I'm getting this feeling that uh, with the upgrade that Albon will get or uh, Silverstone, he might have a chance to score points. I mean, it depends. Uh, I would say, like even with with Haas, mm. the performance that we saw in Bahrain, mm. like nothing much has happened after that. Yeah, they've been need... pretty much there have been mm-hmm. no points after that mm-hmm. and uh with albin sure it it uh what it sees is on paper it could uh give them around a second of advantage mm-hmm. but I, i i still think that there are, there are enough people to go through that midfield to get into points for alex albin i i do I I can see the frequency of points increasing for Williams, but if it's a normal race, a non-crazy race, I still think they are going to be finishing ninth or tenth or something like that. Even Kevin Magnussen finishing fifth in Bahrain was because there was a double Red Bull DNF, and uh, even Lewis Hamilton finishing on the podium, the reason was because there was a double Red Bull DNF. So I I think that this. entire philosophy of not bringing upgrades is mm-hmm. causing has a lot of harm because oh yeah for sure because other teams are improving and they are still pretty much where they were in the start of the season so i i i really don't know why they've chosen this but for a team that wrote off the last season to prepare for for this season Hmm. I think improving in uh, driver standing from tenth to ninth is not 
not a justified reason for them to like just write off one entire season so uh, i i don't know what what they are i think you you know what they're also struggling because of the crashes that uh, schumacher has had there are so many teams who have had those crashes but okay okay but i mean still like like kevin magnuson has also not been able to do ha nahi but what i'm saying is their resources they have had to spend more resources repairing than progressing is what i see but uh, there is a cost cap right there is a cost cap but that means that uh, the guys who are closer in uh, there's a cost cap but these guys are not using the full cost cap right yeah so that's a decision that they are taking like i don't know like i can understand not uh, going above the cost cap but mm. they are not doing anything like 140 million <laughs> no but that's what it's a cost cap it doesn't mean that they have 140 million and especially after um, uh, mazepin left there must be a cash crunch i don't think that uh, <laughs> 140 million is not possible like in the standings they were last they were 10th last year right they now have, they are 9 which means they would have uh, more uh, cfb and uh, tunnel time also sure but like what what is the point because they they had the maximum number of tunnel time even for developing this car right because they finished yeah. last so what's the point like i i still think that they have the option to overtake aston martin but mm. i don't i don't see that happening like first i think mick needs to step up his game mm. uh you see alfa romeo um fighting closer with say fighting for fifth or something right now alfa romeo yeah i i think so i think that if alfa romeo is able to give zo a reliable car i think zo is putting in good performances considering that these cars are difficult and he is in his rookie season i think he's he's doing a phenomenal job he mm. has dnf in i think three races out of last nine races that have happened so in six races he scored points in two of them not the best result but if you look at what mick is doing what nicholas radifi with all the experience that he's had is doing mm-hmm. uh i i think zo for his first year is doing a, a a decent enough job and i mean valtteri has also been very consistent uh, he's only not scored in saudi and baku and saudi he had a problem he dnf so there is only one race in which he actually finished out of points so i think alpha does have uh potential but they need to make sure that their second car is reliable yeah yeah do, do you remember how angry zo was uh, in baku when they told him that they'll have to retire the car <laughs> yeah his engine went no yeah and yeah. like reliability is it's going to play a big big part i i think that Mercedes the reliability is good Mercedes engine but mm-hmm. 
but hmm. the the pace is not there like all the all the customer teams also like there's no pace there's no pace in that mercedes engine at least not as comparable as uh, not as comparable to the the red bull and ferrari and to an extent alpine but i don't uh, i don't know what would you prefer like have good performance but less reliability or have more reliability but less performance i think more performance less reliability makes sense for a brand new formula i think um, reliability is important yeah it, the thing is if uh, you start retiring because of reliability issues that affects your team a lot more even development that will affect your development as yeah well. because mm, you are fighting that game with <laughs> repairs yeah. repairs repairs so i yeah for a very new new formula like later you can reliability later it comes anyway so first if you play that game no you get mm. reliability right and then you are sorted yeah then performance will come those yep. things there are always these very smart people to find out <laughs> eke out that last percentage of performance but before that you need to be consistent here the consistency again see <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah so what I else just, from i just want dani red to have a good season that's all i want mm. not wanted anything else just for him to have a good season okay so what is your prediction for the british gp so we have a prediction league that we do mm-hmm. on our channel so i'll just read out all the predictions okay that we have mm-hmm. so there are three people mm-hmm. other than me there's shakuni there is kramer and there is hanibadar so okay. Kramer's predictions are Hamilton Perez Charles for the podium in race fastest lap oh. to George and then mm-hmm. he's predicted Max DNF Lando beats Daniel Ricardo and there will be at least two DNFs in the race Ooh okay Chakuni's predictions is Russell Charles Perez fastest lap to Max then he says Vettel in points Kmag beats Mick Schumacher and at least one mclaren in points honey badger's okay. predictions are max lewis russell fastest lap to max then one alpha in points alonso top 8 in the race and at least two dnfs my predictions are charles max lewis fastest lap to signs uh then i've predicted mick schumacher gets his first points mm-hmm. so makes it into q3 and lando out of points <laughs> we have a pretty spicy mix of predictions this time hmm <laughs> okay okay interesting so whose predictions do you think are the most likely i think it's mine yeah even i think it's yours i know right <laughs> so amazing but i i get a feeling that uh... one small change that i would make is uh, science would be on the podium rather than lewis nah yeah apart from that the rest i can agree with that is what i also have 
Nah, I think <laughs> I think uh, I I'm not saying it's because uh, I think Lewis or, or like Mercedes is faster than uh, Ferrari as of now, but mm. they do have a big um, big upgrade package, and mm. what they've also said is that um, it's going to. Uh, help them in weight loss as well four five kgs of weight so that's going to that's going to come into play um i think science is going to fuck up his start and i think he won't be able to make up those places oh wow i this is what i think of course i thought the same in canada as well but signs at least stuck to his third and eventually then made up one place but yeah i think signs is good at recovery drives like he has not had the best starts in the races mm. so i think that is going to continue okay i'm hoping for red bull troubles like uh only to make the championship more interesting like uh, I, mm-hmm. I just want the championship to be more interesting because i said it in the last podcast as well like ferrari has forgotten what ferrari used to be there are way too many variables of things that can go wrong like if the driver is doing anything everything right the car is going to stop or mm-hmm. if they have good strategy they are still going to fuck up the pit stops or they are just going to, or if they qualified well they are going to fuck up the strategy or if everything else is going right the driver is going to make a mistake like there are so many variables that can go wrong with ferrari mm. and like honey badger is uh, like between the four of us honey badger is like an ardent ferrari fan and i i now understand his pain <laughs> this this championship is going to be like it's like that uh, was it 2018 where uh, sebastian of the yeah, yeah. So sebastian vettel was doing very good and then yeah. i think singapore so yeah similar situation like first half it was like very close with mercedes and then it just went doosh <laughs> yeah but like i think uh, this season ferrari has started doing ferrari things way too early in the season <laughs> like it's way too early for them to start fucking mm-hmm. it up like at least like i'm assuming if if things started going south for ferrari in singapore singapore typically happens in the later half of the season mm-hmm. right so at least they had like a like a pretty dominant season up until singapore and like i mean i know eventually lewis won the championship but like at least until then it was interesting yeah. like right now i don't see anybody catching up because i i don't think red bull is going to let um uh, let perez catch up with the uh, with max and mm-hmm. if ferrari does not get its shit together max is won the championship because i uh, i don't think that even George can catch up with with Max. Okay. Like he's he's sixty four points behind him. Like mm-hmm. we can have an interesting season if there are at least two more Max Verstappen DNFs. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he he's won the championship in the next eight to nine 
pieces if he if he, if he is able to put in those consistent performances uh, the championship would be decided in the next seven eight races because there is going to come a point where mathematically nobody can can beat him mm-hmm. so i think yeah yeah <laughs> interesting what are your predictions i know i didn't mine ask is, you to make okay uh, mine is uh, max Leclerc and Perez. Uh, fastest will be Perez. What we'll have is uh, midfield pack. May we'll have a fight between uh, Alpine and uh, Alfa Romeo. Mm. And surprise by Daniel. <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope I want it. <laughs> everybody wants it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think that's yeah that's 10 drivers huh oh yeah almost yeah i i hope tanel ricardo has a has a good season this from yeah, this point I on i want i want to smile as wide as he can yeah thank you everybody for listening to this episode thank you sit for joining i know this was yeah. very last minute yeah, less I, than I, i'll be happy to do it again Yes, less than fifteen hours of heads up, and thank you for doing this. And uh, yeah, that was it. That was our Silverstone preview. If you liked the episode, please share it with your friends. Click on the notification bell so that you you get notifications when we post new episodes. If you want us to cover anything, if you have any feedback for us, or if you want to come join us on the podcast, please write to us at overthecurvepodcast at thereadgmail dot com. You can also reach out to us on our Instagram uh, at overthecurvepodcast or on our Twitter at overthecurvepod. Until until Silverstone this weekend. Bye. <laughs>